Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. I'm Jay from Push Black, and welcome to Season 3 of Black History Year. While a lot of folks are justifiably celebrating the end of a tyrant's reign, we at Push Black have learned from history that one victory doesn't win the war. It's why, on this season of the Black History Year podcast, we're lifting up the knowledge that will help us continue the fight forward. We'll learn about changemakers who transformed subjugated black communities and the conditions that led to their government-funded assassinations. We'll explore the ways black art has led to black power, the beauty of our diverse linguistics, and dig into theories and concepts that reimagine what being black in this world can be, now and in the future. That's right, we're delivering 12 episodes that will prepare you in the ongoing fight for liberation. So make sure you tell your people that we're back. Now let's get to it. Coming up, I'm sitting down with Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., the son of Illinois Black Panther Party's fearless chairman, Fred Hampton. Following in the footsteps of his late father, Hampton Jr. is a political activist whose guiding principle is also to serve the people. He's the president and chairman of the Black Panther Party Cubs and is working hard to preserve his father's legacy and childhood home, the Hampton House. Chairman Hampton Jr. also had his hand in the feature film Judas and the Black Messiah. We'll learn his thoughts on the film and whether or not it does Hampton's legacy justice. But first, let's get caught up on the true story behind the movie. To Chicago and beyond, Chairman Fred Hampton was a beacon of hope. A respected community activist who chaired the Illinois Black Panther Party and always put the people first. But the FBI and Chicago police force didn't see him this way. To them, he was a nuisance, a radical whose voice could mobilize change and disrupt the status quo. He was a danger, a threat, a fearless black man in America, one who refused to back down to a violent, paramilitary-trained police force. And for this, they despised him. So, it was on that December 4th morning in 1969 that the U.S. government would have their way. As he lay defenseless in bed, cops raided his home and ruthlessly assassinated Chairman Fred Hampton. This moment magnified the egregious state, federal, and local policies that Black lives were expendable, especially those identified as a threat by law enforcement. In many ways, our society operates from this belief. That's why Black men and women are still brutalized and murdered in their beds, on the street, and in their communities. In cities across the country, including Chicago where Hampton was murdered, youth activists are making their voices heard, 
calling for real change in support of Black lives. And yet, we still have work to do. Because those who wanted to silence Fred Hampton, the U.S. government, and COINTELPRO, those who watched his every move, they're still out here. And they're still watching us. Chairman, what does Black liberation look like to you? In essence, uh, self-determination, the right to determine the destiny of our communities. You know, many people attempt to uh, devalue our struggle for liberation to that of a struggle to tap into the moral consciousness of, uh, of other communities, what have you. The, re- the reality is, again, that the right to determine the destiny of our communities. Unfortunately, I think a lot of our community may not have as much clarity around that. It's like... You know, I can wake up, put on the clothes I want to, go eat where I want to, um, shop where I want to. I can practice self-determination, right? How are the conditions we live in now different than what your vision for self-determination would be? United States imperialism possesses the ability to, um, as Malcolm X said, provide a a democracy that's really a facade or front of freedom, where um, in in many cases we come to grips with the brutal reality of having freedom of choice, excuse me, having quote-unquote freedom of choice, as long as we don't say, the, as long as we don't choose the wrong things. You know, uh, generation after generation, we're told directly or indirectly, overtly, as well as covertly, that these are occupations that you should seek out. These are your definitions of beauty. This is what you should define, define as a relationship. I recall speaking to some, some youth some years back, and um, some struggles that ensued. In fact, the name of the school was Winnie Mandela, and I... I took issue with the fact of a, like a kind of a, a arrogance that some of the youth had not, not who didn't know who Winnie Mandela was and kind of was kind of nonchalant about even wanting to know. One young brother had said something to the, I think he's about 14 years old. He said, they kill people like you. That was his response to me. He said, he, he said, um, you know, you, you talk about Malcolm X, you talk about, you know, the Black Panther Party. They, they, they kill people like us. And Stephen Biko or the Black Conscious Movement had said that, Black people in particular must grasp the ability to distinguish intelligence from the ability to articulate. And though it may not be articulated you know, in every arena, where there's a knowledge. Many people say, well, Chairman Fred, you must understand a lot of people don't know what the Black Panther Party was about, what your father represented. I said, on the contrary, I believe that many people do, quote unquote, know that causes the hesitancy of the engaging the subject. So for listeners who may not be as familiar as they need to be with your father, can you tell us about him uh, as a person and as a revolutionary? I'm uh, sitting at the home which he grew up in, uh, literally as we, as we speak. Um, 804 South 17th Avenue, Maywood, Illinois. It's across the street from the elementary school he attended. There are countless of war stories uh, that I've, you know, I've been told and continuously being told, ranging from um, even as a child. Though he had two two older siblings, uh, his older brother went, went to school. It was attacked by some, some by some white youth. Um, then again, Fred, before he was chairman, Fred had took a, you know, bottle, a wagon full of um, bottles across the street to the school to uh, let's say deal with the situation. Uh, he um, spoke up for others. You know, so even um, who you know who were not in a position or did not speak for themselves. It was, uh, there was no there was no black swimming pool facilities out here in Maywood. A uh, sister was just telling me, uh, elder from the community who went to elementary school with him, from I think probably third grade to eighth grade, 
And she talked about how they were around, they was around 11, 12, 13 years old, how he went to fight, for, uh, had a facility open for, uh, for a swimming pool facility for black children. And when, she, when the police threw a tear gas canister out, and on how he put a tear, how he took the hot tear gas canister and threw it back into the, and threw it back into the police station. Um, I believe the Black Panther Party was his calling, as, as they say in church. Like you know, what's, what's your you know, what's your call in life? What do you, what do you think you? I believe it was a, it was a fit. He was a panther. He was a panther. You know, um, man, body, and soul. He was a servant of the people. Um, and uh, the system had, uh, had knew his potential. They knew. They knew all. They know. They, 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 uh, being we a colonized community, in many cases see our potential before we even able to see our own respective potential. And they saw that uh, Fred Hampton was later to become chairman, Fred or deputy chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. So let's get into that. Let's speak more about, you know, what exactly it was about your father and his, the work that he did that the authorities found so threatening um, and that ultimately led to his assassination. It was a sense of self-determination on their own terms. Um, there was not a seeking out of, of a state sanction to say, OK, this to acknowledge, OK, well, this, this is a problem that there's a swimming pool that is not available for black children. He wasn't waiting for that state validation. Um, similar to when we talk about, I think it's important that we distinguish, we talk about even with the programs of the Black Panther Party, um, that we do not negate the political significance of it. Now, as the programs range from the, the free breakfast program, free busing programs. Um, Chairman Fred is, I mean, everything from um, his respective title and the organization, how they, how, they, how they dealt with contradictions. It was not you know, um, held captive by the confines of robber rules of orders. It was, a, you know, Chairman Fred was a revolutionary. It was representing a revolutionary organization. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Talk to me about the difference between being a revolutionary and a reformist. A revolutionary, we're talking about complete change. And you talk in particular, as I mentioned earlier about the specific traits of uh, this system, U.S. imperialism. Um, many people have a reactionary assessment of this system. They may say on, on one hand how horrid this system is to, to our community, but it's in the same breath, you can see the pleading to be accepted by the same said system. It's ingrained, it's interwoven in the religious institutions, the, the educational institutions in our, in our, in our families and and, and in fact, I say today, when, you know, with my, and I attempt to organize, it's like coming with a, a, a scalpel to, you know, to, to, to come at a cancer, um, let's say, for lack of better terms. And but many people see that scalpel as a knife that uh, is coming to attack them. You have people say, take a position that, well, that's my father's school, that's my that's my mother's church. 
holding on, defending the system. That the the one time we we look at the, 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 um, the news coverage and we see um, Trayvon Martins, we see we see Rakia Boys, um, Brianna Taylor's, and George Floyd's, on and on. But then in the same breath, you'll see people in the same breath and say, "Well." We're gonna call. We're gonna look for justice. Come from another aspect, another t- another tentacle of the same system. Um, in, 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 in so many cases, even when it's like, on this on this dying leg, those who are subjugated by by the most, attempt, you know, in many cases, who attempt to come and give it mouth to mouth resuscitation to bring it back. A young man, um, he was very intelligent, but he said he had quoted a piece, uh, Machiavelli, Princeton Machiavelli, and he said something. He said, Chairman Fred, he said. The Machiavelli says, "He who builds on the people, builds on the mud, and on a, on a mire, the mud." And I said, "You forgot to mention the next page." Say, for the exception of the prince, the people will come to the defense of those who they know I've taken an interest not for his or her own subjective personal interest, but for that of the people. A revolutionary again is got about the most sincere similar love for the people and sees no redeemable qualities in a system that was birthed. That thrives of the, you know, the, the, little, the little blood, sweat, and tears of Black people in particular, and, colonized, and other colonized communities in general. Let's take it, uh, take it back a little bit more. What was life like for you and your family in the years following Chairman Fred's assassination? And many people look at dynamics of revolutionary in a short-lived, subjective way. Like, okay, similar to the way we look at police murders in our community, we don't see the, the reverb effect, the follow-up, the repercussions that come down the follow-up after the uh, 99 plus rounds filed into the home uh, to the apartment of Chairman Fred and um, Deborah Johnson. The, the the way that the police carry Chairman Fred's body out, the, um, the ongoing, to this day as we speak, annual shooting up of Chairman Fred's tombstone by law enforcement uh, in Haynesville, Louisiana. The repercussions I received in, you know, in elementary school for just making mention of Chairman Fred the, high, the continuous hijacking of history, you know, uh, whether it be through bogus books or, you know, just, just simply re- revisions of history. I, I'm honored to be the son of Chairman Fred Hampton and also of Akua and Jerry. I'm honored to be have fallen from the tree of two freedom fighters. But a lot of, I don't romanticize it either. A lot of heat comes with it. And that's it's a blessing and a burden. But, I'm, but I, I, I would have no other way. Again, I'm honored. Absolutely. So uh, what sort of void do you think your father's assassination left in the city of Chicago and the black power movement as a whole. There's a myriad of ways we talk about the impact, the void that was all left with the assassination of Chairman Fred and Defense Captain Mark Clark, the way it occurred. I spoke about the elementary school he attended. There are adult black men who have told me how they remember December, they remember the following days, I believe exactly December the 5th. 24 hours after Chairman Fred was assassinated. They remember law enforcement, police coming through their homes, taking black men out, bringing them out their homes and saying publicly, there'll never be another Fred Hampton. The void in a city that was and remains to be one of the top segregated cities in the country, Thomas Chicago, where historians have, you know, have been fearful to even make mention of, uh, of Chairman Fred. I recall backstage, I think it was approximately 2012, Concert, you know, my first contact with a uh, young brother, uh, Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle, and I was a little distance away from him. And, and uh, man, this is a time when it was a big, it was real popular when you know they were wearing the, the white Jesus medallion, a lot of artists, but 
So I seen a chain of medallions. I said, well, you know, what, do you, what does he have on? And I got a little closer. I said, whoa. I said, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, um, gold, ch- gold chain with, with medallion with um, Nipsey Hussle hat was Malcolm X. And I remember I said to him, I said, uh, are you familiar with Chairman Fred Hampton? And his automatic response, I mean, conf- his confidence, his response, I mean, not, you know, not antagonistic, his automatic response was, Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., what type of man would I be if I knew who Chairman Fred Hampton was? Mm. And you know that that stuck with me. You know, I, I, I at the uh, funeral service with Stanley Tookie Williams, co-founder of the Crips. I recall us leaving the service. And I, you know, we went to have a week like a community repass at uh, Lemur Park, and I remember saying something to the effect that, that you know Tookie Tookie, who actually, who coincidentally me him had the same birthday. I said Tookie Williams grew up in a climate like similar to that I grew up in, deprived of an organization such as the Black Panther Party. Well, the only options in life provided to us is to become a, 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 a quote-unquote boy scout or a quote-unquote banker. But being deprived of that, you know, not role model, but we say like we like to refer to him as a as a real model. You mentioned the the history as well and the retelling of history. So um, you're involved with the, the film Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, and I'm I'm interested in how you got involved in it. I know that I'm sure plenty of people have come to you and the family trying to get projects done. Describe for me what um, what stood out to you about this one and what made it different. Just give a little backdrop, just to you know, reiterate what you said. There have been plenty of overtures brought to us and under contested conditions. I spoke about how I, I was around 12 years old and one of the Chicago winners, and those who are not familiar with those winners, they can... They can check for today. They can check right now, today, as we speak. How you know how cold it is as we speak? That the, the, the latest um, reference is they they call Chicago Siberia. That's the term they use now. Siberia. This is one of the winners. I, I he was cut off, and I mm. you know and I asked my mother. I say so if they this book deal they're proposing that, that, that would address that problem. And I remember her principal position. She said, no, go. Because she she talked about how there was an attempt to elevate the police to make them the heroes, so on and so forth. And, there were attempts by different movie makers um, who really couldn't, if they wanted to, relate to who Chairman Fred was. Um, to in essence, to, to, to kill him again. And then, in addition, the, um, the tug and pull, the, the, the different forces involved, um, cast, producer, director, all these dynamics must be you know, taken into into uh, to account. And you know, we were you know fortunate you know, to have um, a dream team, say of sorts. You know, and I just say that there were no struggles. You know, there were there were times, there will be times when our political position would clash or contend with something that may be advantageously speaking, creative-wise, but to find that point of unity and, you know, and not to be confined to that just of a nine-to-five schedule, to not look at the case of Chairman Fred or the Black Panther Party and just in a quote-unquote conventional definition. Some people say, well... Finally, are we going to get a movie that tell us about Chairman Fred and the Black Panther Party? I said, do not look for this picture to be an end-all panacea. Do not, I mean, the, the movie industry cannot give you, a, a, you can't put a shark in a fish tank. You know what I'm saying? But they have the aid, the ongoing struggle to, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to address contradictions that we are acknowledging. No, you you killed him as opposed to prior to that, even with the blood still on the ground, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the politics that goes into place. We have, there's, mm-hmm. There are policies in, in Chicago in particular, in other parts of the country throughout the world, where law enforcement and attorneys, they tell families, do not associate with Mr. Hampton. Do not talk to the Black Panther Party cubs. But you see a different dynamic now where we can even have conversations on our own terms. 
Absolutely. Yeah, the time seems right for this story to be told in the way that it, uh, one of the ways it deserves to be told. And I'll, I'll be honest too, when I first um, heard about the film, I was skeptical for many of the reasons you mentioned, because this is a story that folks have really messed up in a lot of ways over the years. So when I saw it, I was pleased to see a um, majority of what they did with it was, um, I, I would like to think, representative of you know, what type of person he was and what the humanity and the reality of the situation to a good deal. I want to say right on. I want We want to say right on. Your, your sentiments are justified that people should. I'm still we, I'm still getting texts as we speak. People, you know, texting, Chairman Fred, is this, is this legitimate? Is it go? And our, our response is, as they say in the streets, it's a green light. Because but people are justified with, with their guards up, with their concerns because of the history. So it's not this, it's not a paranoia. Or say, so we, and also we thank the people. We thank the community for, for, for their, their defense. You know what I'm saying? Even they, you know, they may not come to all events or whatever. They might can't articulate. But they're guarded protection, you know what I'm saying, of that of Chairman Fred and the Black Panther Party. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to see more of that for all the, the leaders that we that are really working in our interest. So that's, that's great to hear. Um, so what's the big thing you're hoping folks take away from the film? Because as you said, this isn't the entire story. It's a, it's a slice of it. But what do you hope people take away from it? Just the conversation thus far. You know, the critique, the criticism to have the, have this conversation also in particular recognize that there was a revolution, a resistance, a revolutionary organization, and that there is. In fact, one of our matches with our organization, they would say the Cubs are coming, the Cubs are coming, the Black Panther Party Cubs are here. I came up in a climate where, you know, it's all, you know, you hear this whole narrative where it's the Occupy movement. Is that the Black Panther Party of the day? Is this the Black Panther Party of the day? And we also we have an actual entity, the Black Panther Party Cubs, right in your face. We say, man, you talking about Ralph Ellison's Invisible Men and Women? I'm, I'm right, right here. So to acknowledge that, if that's not your cup of tea. To engage, you know, to engage in struggle, so be it. But let let the record reflect that there is resistance that is fighting for their precious entity of self determination. So let's uh, let's dig into the work you're doing today. So I imagine you were politicized like right off the bat, right when you arrived on Earth. And I'm interested in what it was for you, what it was like for you. Um, Growing up, how were you politicized and what was your journey into revolutionary work um, to where it is today with the Cubs? I recall saying something to, to the effect to my mother one time. It was after a uh, situation that I was in the infamous Stateville prison, the same Stateville that Chairman Fred was at. And I think the Malcolm X, uh, Spike Lee's version of Malcolm X was playing on TV. And I remember this brother upstairs with me. He's like, man, that's what happened to him. Who was that? You know? And I was like, now stuff I took for granted that people would know. And I, I said to my mother, I said, maybe we're maybe we're kind of subjective about thinking that people should know certain things. You know, as a child, when the ice cream truck comes down the street, you know, I was going to the ice cream truck, but I have to wait to make sure that it was. I have to wait to make sure that it was not a good humor ice cream truck. Being the fact that good humor is the we still to this day do not patronize it because that's that's the entity that worked in conjunction with the, with the government to frame Chairman Fred for the infamous Good New Ice Cream truck robbery, mm. in which they say he took all the ice cream and gave it to the children. I recall being, you know, being in um, by the west side of Chicago and the brother that was in the car with me. I, I remember him vividly. I, you know, he said, why do you keep looking back in the rearview mirror? He said, don't you have your license? And I said, I do. And that's the point why I keep looking back at the, the rearview mirror. And he, he could not relate to it, you know? 
you know, I, I remember some, you know, Kesso, my contemporaries. Oh man, he think he back in the sixties, you know. But um, we 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 are in that lineage. We are the great grandchildren of Garvey, the offspring, uh, offspring of Malcolm, and I Elijah Cubs of Panthers. We correlate our programs, such as the uh, Triple C's, Children, Community, and Cubs, to the Black Panther Party Free Breakfast Program. We correlate the Free Omar Radio, hosted by myself and uh, uh, Lady of Rage, to the Black Panther Party Intercommunal Newspaper. We turn the, we attend to turn the communities into classrooms. We're fighting for self-determination. We, in many cases, some of the same issues, the exact same names that uh, uh, Chairman Fred and the Black Panther Party were addressing are political prisoners. We, we still, our opposition still remains to fighting for the freedom of uh, all political prisoners. We are um, uh, in response to what we call Hurricane America. A lot of people call Hurricane Katrina, you know, so we're down in, in, in New Orleans. You know, uh, we, we had the Black Cross campaign, which we immediately hit the ground, you know, providing some, you know, survival needs, you know, saying to, to the people. Um, we have the uh, the code, the Black Panther Party code of conduct, where we approach the streets and we say, okay, there are certain things. We don't approach the streets as idealists, but there are certain things that are no-no, you know, so that, that can happen in the community. We have the Black Panther Party code of culture, in which the mantra for that is that there are too many of us in Saint Saint for people just be talking about some bling bling. In other words, we don't try to make artists our leadership. We don't put the onus of responsibility and struggle on them. They have to have some points of unity with the struggle. Um, we've seen that uh, represented in a Dave Chappelle block party when I came unannounced on the stage and talked about the case of political prisoners. We've seen it with the different drops we've used on, you know, on, on different artists, not all the quote unquote they refer to the conscious artists. Many cats are reactionary, but dropping that, what we call that Panther. Cub political uh, appeal in that applesauce. We, even this um, the soundtrack for, uh, for the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. You know, we, 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 that, that's part of the Black Panther Party Cub code of culture. Not only me speaking about it, but certain other, the other artists up in the ante. Some point of unity to struggle. We distinguish a war from a revolution. A war is when you have two occupying armies who are suited up and booted up to get down to get down. A revolution, on the other hand, when you gain the mass of participation of the masses of the people. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Describe the conditions needed to create a revolutionary environment or a revolutionary moment. And are we living in those conditions? I'll go with the latter part if I can uh, first. I think we are living, uh, we see this as a, well, we, a reactionary uh, a reactionary climate, reactionary time. Now, mind you, as Malcolm X has said, that the collective consciousness of the people takes slowly, but it erupts with a volcanic force that makes Mount St. Helen look like nothing. To the first part of the question, people get involved in struggle one of three ways, so become quote-unquote conscious one of three ways. Inspiration, aspiration, or desperation. Hmm. And these are definitely desperate times. What would it take to change that, to, to make the conditions um, different? Those who are inspired to seize the time, the vanguard party, to remain consistent even when it's not fashionable, to have a, a constant ear to the ground of the people, to have that entity there when, when, when people come, when they come, different people come to points for different um, times and periods in their life and you know, situations, circumstances. 
Um, but to have that entity there, we have been, you know, um, let's say we the Black Panther Party Cubs, we've been fighting to save the home of Chairman Fred, not, to turn it to not only a museum, but also a community resource center. There are, uh, there are so many institutions that 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 that, that, that um, permeate our communities that do not work in the interest of the community. We don't just that just to have that base where people can come to say, "Wait a minute, I know where they at." I, you know, I work I work out twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. But do we got to be here because we like the, the Black Panther Party Cubs. We, a lot of times people say, "Man, I don't understand, Chan. Why they not you know supporting this? Why they not doing this?" I'd say you must understand we are we are like the last call for alcohol. Mm. We are the ones that after people get through going through all those state sanctioned spokespersons and going through the runaround, they get jammed up by these different opportunists and say, wait a minute, who is that over there that's been serving us all this time? Who is that been coming on public transportation to protest these cases, the police gunning us down? Who is that who, you know, say who is uh, uh, who took a principal stance regardless of how many poverty pimps have profited off the people's pain? And they say, wait a minute, check their resume. They've been here. You know, say why have I not noticed them? Because you've been told directly and indirectly. Don't speak about them. Don't acknowledge them. Don't speak. Don't acknowledge them until become what we would call a, a a safe period in time. What I mean, a safe period in time is that similar to that they had Muhammad Ali on the Wheaties box cereal in the late '80s before his physical death. And and someone asks, why would you put Muhammad Ali on the Wheaties cereal box now, as opposed to doing his, his heyday boxing? And I believe the representative of Wheaties cereal actually said. We can do it now because he's safe. They couldn't touch him at a certain time. We, the Black Panther Party Cubs, we serve hot meals. We serve our programs, and we serve hot politics. Mm. And, these are, and these are now, these are hot times. You know, to me, it seems that over the past, you know, almost a decade now, there has been more interest from our community into to taking action. But I do believe you're right. It's largely reactionary. But I, I like to be optimistic in thinking you know, as you're describing, at a certain point, a fraction of those will find organizations like yours or others in their community that are doing continuous, um, proactive work. Would you agree? I do agree. I do agree. I, I do agree. I have, I, I, I suffer from battle fatigue, but I also, my our faith in the people. Oh, man. I, uh, the war stories and just even... <laughs> Just even to get to the stage in the game with the, with the movie, the Hampton House, and so many campaigns in general. There, I mean, there, I mean, we have literally kissed the casket, tango with torch, and dance with death. But our faith in the people, no, is undying, no doubt about it. I, yes, I do. Yes, I, I, I do believe that. Yes, indeed. I, historically, I've seen it because I mean, it's, I know we've been counting out the game, and, and technically speaking, you look at. I mean, the fact that we still here. I think it was a meme I seen someone on social media. It's if black people look like what we've been through, if we physically look, appear like what we have actually been through, man. <laughs> That's real. Man. <laughs> That's real. So you mentioned the Hampton House. Tell us about what you all are doing with that. Our programs, Triple C's, you know, even though this is a climate with the coronavirus, we have to be a little more strategic. We got to come with, you know, the PPEs and, you know, the more gloves. We're going to continue to serve, you know, uh, uh, Saturday, the food and the clothes, right? There, uh, particularly every Saturday, the Triple C's, tours of community and clubs. We out there. We, um, the tours in the museum, you know, so we, we, uh, we have to work, you know, go, uh, be kind of cautious on the numbers of people that come in, how we do it. Um, community Resource Center, people still, I mean, regardless of whatever time, uh, you, uh, you, you, just, you can do, I do an actual movie just watching 
uh, how our response to certain conditions. You know, I mean, uh, uh, what they refer to as the vortex. We just talk about the cold weather in Chicago, how we you know, turn the house to a, a heating center. I dare not limit our resume to just that of this, but this is a, a major aspect. We're still fighting for the case of Mumia Abu Jamal, known here political prisoner, Lena Peltier. You know, we did coalition work with the indigenous community in Standard Rock, North Dakota. Um, you know, we, you know, so that's those are some just a portion of the camp. Dealing with also um the climate, which is infamous, referred to as Chirac, this war zone, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of people say, well, I see you talking about the police killers, you don't deal with that, but I, you know, I don't see you talking about the, you know, how you deal with the black on black crime. That's a term we have an issue with also for the right. record. We have an issue with that term. Well, so, you know, we deal with contradictions within our community. Just because you don't see it on the news don't mean we don't deal with it. We also take the position that, or the Black Panther Party position was that differences amongst the people are reconcilable. Difference between the people and the state are irreconcilable. You can Google, you can Google, find these young brothers, FTP. They did a piece called uh, Free Them All. These cats was into it. They were, they were having struggles with each other initially. And we, we, we got like a little makeshift studio at the Hampton House. So we got, they got here, they came and recorded their piece at the Hampton House. They recorded, and not just recorded it, we held them accountable. We said, y'all just not going to be no rappers, you know what they call it, you know, talk this stuff and don't, and don't engage in the work. We went to the Cook County Jail right there doing a the vortex, freezing cold. That's all in the video. We got them to still continue on with the work. So we not just talking, we get, you know what I'm saying, we get people to tie into the actual work. I tell you, you just can't get on YouTube and just do a bunch of talking with this organization. You have to do a certain amount of club community service. You know what I'm saying? You have to tie theory and practice together. That's beautiful. Um, it makes me think of, and this was depicted in the, the film as well, but at a certain point, Chairman Fred Sr. linked up with some gentleman from the street organization. I believe it was the Vice Lords, if I'm not mistaken. Do you think that there's potential for that today, you know, where you're doing work? Because obviously the conditions for the brothers that are in the streets um, are similar in many ways, but they're organized in a different way than they you know, may have been when those organizations were first started. So do you see potential to, to politicize and link up with them in, um, in similar ways? So there, the deal is there is so much potential. So we have we have a history. We have the code of conduct. We our relationship again. We don't how we deal with the conscience community. You know what I'm saying? That's that's our that's our office. So um, we have we we open the door as we've seen in real in, in actual reality. How Chairman Fred, who authored the Rainbow Coalition, how they won certain point forces to certain points of unity. You mentioned the vice laws, but in actuality, the vice laws. Were one to work at the Free Medical Center. The Devil Disciples later became a black, the Black Disciples were at the Free Breakfast Program. Mm. Blackstone Rains they became a Black Peace Stone Nation. You know what I'm saying? The, the, uh, the, the, the unity and, you know what I'm saying? But now, you, even by the federal government's own account, it's when the Black Panther Party was in existence. There was a record low to what they call Black on Black Crime. So we we study in our community what's phenomenal. I mentioned earlier about having these youth at the studio at Hampton House. We studied the phenomenon of these cats with the music industry. So and fighting for power, we relate to what Minister U.E.P. Noon said, that power is the ability to define phenomena and make it act in desired manner. Again, power is the ability to define phenomena and make it act in desired manner. What is phenomena? An unusual event that can be scientifically explained. We've seen that Reverend Nat Turner took the phenomena of the church during the era of title slavery, put it into the ground. And a lot of people said, well, that's not our actual religion. We don't come from that. Nat, Reverend Nat Turner said, I got to deal with what I got to deal with. Took that church said, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Harriet Tubman took the, the, the Negro spirituals, said, okay, now how can we take this and work that number? 
this y'all singing this tie this into the song when the sun go down even better by the water chairman fred even members in the black some that were members in the black panther party who could not relate to the significance with chairman fred dealing with not only the, 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 the what we call the unpoliticized street tribes our job, the present day Vanguard, is to study what's phenomenon. The movie, the, the, the movies, the movies alone, it's a phenomenon. Some people say, well, we you know, uh, and I'll, I'll unite with criticism because we had a, a heavy position against this narrative coming from William O'Neill. That's a you know, that was that was a major um t- touch point with us. Mm. However, we say, okay, this we are realists. It's a phenomenal discussion. How can we define it? Let's define the phenomenon and make it work in desired manner. You know, obviously, this movie is titled Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, we know who the Black Messiah is. How do we identify present day Judases? How do we scope those out and get them out of situations where we actually might be trying to to build something as Sherman Fresh Sr. did, as you're doing, as many of us around the, the country are doing? Sun Tzu said in Art of War, Cardinal Principle of Warfare, is know thyself and know thy enemy. We must heighten the contradiction, but a lot of us do not want to do that. We want to say, well, I don't want to talk, because we, we're fearful of what's going to come out. We have to heighten the contradictions. Let the record reflect. Chairman Fred, William O'Neill was never on Chairman Fred's security. He made it a point. You know, he, 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 Chairman Fred has said on a number of occasions, you know, this dude, this, he said, he said, this nigga don't do too, don't do everything, everything you call for. But Chairman Fred related to democratic centralism also. This is a structured organization, checks and balances. So, there, you know, the, the deal is with they are going. They are, this this is, is going to continuously send and exploit agent provocateurs and potential agent provocateurs. I'm saying to say potential because a lot of times they have just a psychological profile on individuals, mm. and they take that and exploit that. They you know, so a lot of people say, well, just you know, William O'Neill just did it for the money. We we have done background research. You know, the, the profile on psychological profile on not only William O'Neill but his father. Mm. He's seen uh, 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 Mitchell as this, who, who was a special agent in charge, as some sort of father figure for him. And mm. in, in many cases, you see that. See, the, the dynamics of, you know, I mean, studying our potentials and, and, and lack of potential, they have profile. They, even with the Black Panther Party, the government, they knew who to kill. They knew who to lock up. So we have to heighten these contradictions and recognize certain realities. And we we going against all odds. That's a reality. When you say heighten contradictions, explain a little bit more what you mean by that. We're told, don't say that, you, that there are differences within, within our people, that you disagree with each other. No other community is fed that that fertilizer. We're, you know, that, that we, the fact, one day all black people will come together. I don't know what community you can, I mean, you can use that as a frame of reference. There are differences. Uh, this happens in this community, South Side and West Side in Chicago. There are contradictions between those. That's why we strategically, every event we do. Every December 4th, every IR, International Revolutionary Day, every August 30th, every Chairman Fred Street Party, people say, Chairman, why do you have an event on the South Side and the West Side? It's balancing, it's acknowledging. We come through, we, we acknowledge that there are contradictions within our community. But we're told, don't acknowledge, no, let's heighten them. And it's not because I'm better than you or so on, but it's acknowledging those contradictions. Say, okay, we got that out of the way. What points of unity can we move forward on? And that's what we have to do. To learn more about Chairman Fred Hampton, Judas and the Black Messiah, and how to support the activists and organizers following in Chairman Fred's footsteps to serve the people, visit www.liveforthepeople.com. And just like that, we're at the end of this episode of Black History Year. 
This podcast is produced by Push Black, the nation's largest nonprofit black media company. At Push Black, we agree with Marcus Garvey when he said, a people without knowledge of their past, history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. And I'm guessing you probably feel like that's important too. I mean, here you are at the end of a podcast about black history. You matter. Your choice to be here matters. It lets us know that you value this work. Push Black exists because we saw we had to take matters into our own hands. You make Push Black happen with your contributions at blackhistoryyear.com. Most folks do five or 10 bucks a month, but everything makes a difference. Thanks for supporting the work. The Black History Year production team includes Tariq Alani, Patrick Sanders, Albany Jones, William Anderson, Jerea Bradley, Brooke Brown, Shonda Buchanan, Brianna Lambach, Courtney Morgan, Aquia Tate, Tasha Taylor, Leslie Taylor Grover, and Darren Wallace. Producing and editing the podcast, we have Sydney Smith and Ivana Tucker. Julian Walker is the executive producer of the podcast. And I'm Jay from Push Black. Thanks for checking us out.